knowing what to eat is the easy part. Actually doing it is where people struggle. What you do after the diet is just as important as the diet itself. Focus on food quality for health and food quantity for weight loss. Patience is the least utilised tool in most diets. I don't mind a superfood salad, but I prefer pizza. Don't throw the kitchen sink at it. Pick a training method you enjoy. That's the advice. Generally, most people don't lift heavy enough. Think of me as the Alan Partridge of the fitness industry. If you haven't thought about your death row meal, then we can't be friends. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Not Another Fitness podcast with me, Amy Rambo Rammers Ramshead. And over on Zoom today on this delightful Thursday, I have... Andy. And it is a delightful Thursday, isn't it, mate? It sunny, is. Sunny shining. Sun is shining. We, I think we're definitely into autumn now. We've got that was quite Baltic when I left the house this morning at 5.45. Um, but it's gorgeous now. It's tropical. Yeah, I was uh, the gilet's out now for me. I'm fully, the gilet. I'm fully gileted up now. The Still gil- got the shorts on though, mate. Yeah, I thought I'd really, you know, try and man up today. Just go with the shorts. Yeah. First thing. Yeah. yeah it, was good in, it was good in the gym today. How was your day, mate? My day was dreamy. Dreamy today. I had a great day. Murdered Nikki on the sled at the end. It was so much fun. Not literally, listeners. <laughs> there wasn't a blood bath. There was a sweat bath. Please inquire for Amy's PT. The, uh, <laughs> links with a pod. No, I had a lovely day. It's been quite a chilled Thursday, to be fair. Chilled. Does uh, Does Nikki listen to the podcast? <gasps> yes, Nikki is an avid listener of the pod. Hey, Nikki. I mean, I assume she did, but uh, yeah, yeah, she was looking great on the sled today. Yeah, wasn't she just? So I did. Um, we did five rounds. I did an ascending ladder there and back. 90 seconds rest in between so we started Andy, Andy at one- makes the throwing up yeah. Just, yeah we started at 110 so we did 110 120 130 140 finished at 150 oh, I gave her dear. I gave her 60 seconds rest between lengths on the 150 um generous yeah she uh she smashed it she did great yeah I mean yeah she wasn't slowing down for anyone no. one, 150 is uh is good going well done Nikki Good effort. She's a little trooper. I love training her so much. So yeah, well done, Nick. There's uh, some good gym etiquette to follow. If you ever see someone pushing the sled and you're thinking about walking across in front, I always just wait, just let them, they've got, if you're pushing the sled, you've got right of way. In, yeah. in the gym well, it depends the... how fast you're pushing it to be fair but oh, uh, yeah know. i mean if they're the other end of the gym don't worry about it yeah <laughs> so, i always feel a bit rude stepping out i'm like no i'm just carrying myself you're pushing 150 kilos i feel like you should have the right definitely way. something you need to get used to as well when you're in our gym as opposed to other gyms it's just looking left and right and you, what you... is it right left right again before it, you cross the astro it is definitely a crossing the road drill uh, because if someone's charging down there with the farmer's handles, you could the get yoke. <laughs> the yoke's the worst one. Perfect shin height to just take you, take you out. Fucking hell, you've been taken out. Yeah, for sure. No, good day. Good day today. Um, yeah, it's been a lovely, lovely week, really. Yeah, back in the back in the swing of things. I had a good one today. Like um, six clients in there today. Three hours, little gap, another three hours. Everyone's smashing it. Everyone on good form. And yeah, nice. Mm. Nice. I had three hours, three hours, a little gap, and then yeah, an hour with Nikki, which was lovely, lovely. So we, yeah. we have got, I've got a juicy one today, haven't we, mate? Bit of a mixed bag again, but <laughs> it, these go down really well. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's a real mixed bag, and it's all, well, pretty much, it's either responses to previous podcasts or just questions that have popped up in the Facebook group. 
Mm. So where would you like to start, Amy? Well, I think we start with just coming back to our Davina pod because our Davina pod got quite a lot of chat. Um, both to us as individuals with clients in person and it got a bit of chat as well on the Facebook group as well didn't it so and it's actually also um, looking at the numbers and the feedback and the stats it's actually like the plays have shot up quite quickly um, for the Davina pod as well Um, so yeah it's been quite a popular one Um, I mean what kind of feedback were you getting from your clients any in particular Andy that you want to mention and reference um just or first of all it's a good indicator of how popular the pod is uh related to like how many men how many how much time it's kind of brought up in the gym just with clients like Mm. randomly but oh i heard the davina pod and i think i think there's a couple of reasons for it i think kind of everyone knows davina mccall so i feel like that's why she appears on the covers of magazines and stuff because she obviously generate for whatever reason, like she generates a lot of interest, a lot of clicks and a lot of likes. And obviously, as we were discussing on the pod, a lot of comments like either uber positive, like right behind that or quite negative, which is what we were commenting on. And even people in the gym who, are, you know, like well-meaning people, let's say, they were kind of chipping in with, oh, you know, I think maybe she's, uh, her look is a bit extreme and you know maybe she's gone a little bit too far like these kind of yeah this kind of feedback I suppose um, mm. and and obviously like the when we published that when we published that post I think when I shared that post in the Facebook group I put a I put a picture of Davina up like the one um, of her looking ripped and yeah it generated more comments than than probably anything else I've posted I would Mm. say. And I think that's, again, positive, negative. And I think that's quite telling about how much people kind of care about it. Yeah, definitely. Um, Definitely. And it's it's interesting after everything we said on the pod um, that people still feel like they it's okay to voice their opinion on her body and her physique. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, and that's always sometimes... That's that's sometimes the reflex reaction, isn't it? Sometimes the first comment is something about the physical form without any thought behind it. Um, might throw Jane under the bus here. Sorry, mum. They're like, mum said to me, like, we she always gives me a ring and gives me, you know, a yeah, I like the pod this week, or no, not for me. And we always have a bit of a chat, and she was like protein pod <laughs> she was like the now, oh yeah the now, the now infamous protein, pod, protein not... pod she was like yeah Davina looks amazing and then as soon as you put that photo up of um her in the bikini mum turned around and was like oh no she looks disgusting I was like what well hang on what's different like she looks she's still the same person she's still got the same body looks you know just just covered in clothes but just because she's got these abs you know you can't how does that differentiate in your like yes it's your opinion and she's entitled mum's entitled her opinion anyone's entitled her opinion but I I found that um disparity between how someone appears um in clothes as opposed to naked like quite quite telling do you know what I mean like it's I found it quite fascinating so yeah and there was some quite interesting comments in the Facebook group about 
her figure in terms of how motivational really they actually found it especially as like a was she 53 i can't remember like 50 yeah. i think it's 53 isn't it 53 year old woman definitely in her 50s yeah um like kate i'm just reading kate's comment here the main thing i find a little frustrating about these kind of articles is that this is what davina does to maintain i bet she had to do more to get there in the first place. I kind of feel I need to be a little obsessed to get to a certain level of fitness and leanness. I think that's a quite an interesting comment, isn't it? Yeah, big time. I really? Because um, it's impossible to know, right, like what, what Davina's done to get there. Um, I would guess, though, I mean, she might have had to do something insane, but I just, my instinctive um, hunch would be that she's just been very consistent for a long period of time. I was literally just thinking, I was like, <laughs> she's probably done exactly the same to get there as she has to maintain it. So, so I, th I think the thing around training is really interesting. And there's, there's a kind of, maybe we'll get to it hopefully um, in this pod, a question about like kind of training and stuff. Training obviously has an impact on how we look. Uh, obviously it does. But in terms of getting to levels of, leanness that really does come down to a calorie deficit so i would argue that if you had a calorie deficit in place you could train you could train at 60 percent, 70 percent of your capacity and still get incredibly lean and ripped and you might not be as strong as you could be but you're gonna you'll stimulate the muscle enough like you don't have to be training every day you don't have to be doing like high intensity intervals you could literally just you know walk get a nice little burn going with the steps do three kind of full body resistance sessions a week or push pull legs throughout a week and and you'll get there as long as the calorie deficit's in place. And like I I even like I notice the tone of my voice. I'm making it sound very like, and then you do that. And it's very easy. And why don't you just do it? And it's not, and I don't mean it to sound like that, but it's um the importance of the the deficit can't be overstated. Mm. Um and obviously, like with all the caveats in place around like Davina potentially having, you know, trainers on hand or maybe like a chef or maybe a dietitian she's working with. So, again, if you've got a support network that can enable that, that makes it easier to an extent. But um, I don't think I don't think you have to try. see to me, this should be like a, for people listening to it. I think this should be a good thing that you don't have to train like a maniac. Yeah, um, I'd be like, oh, amazing. I, if I can carve out three, you know, three hours a week um that that can be enough um like i said not necessarily if you if you want to maximize performance and, and every last um ounce of muscle but for for most people i think yeah i think i think it's doable yeah i agree um i think there has to be not an obsession there has to be a commitment that's the difference and those two words are very very different it's a commitment to appreciating that if you want to be in that kind of body you have to change your behaviors to get there but it can't just be a short-term thing because once you get it it's like I used to say in the sound bites what you do after the diet is just as important as the diet itself yeah if you want to diet and get lean and lose some body fat you can do that in six ten six eight ten twelve weeks yeah depending on xyz if you want to maintain that that's a lifestyle change that is a lifestyle change and that's not obsession. That's commitment. Yeah. That's meal planning for the week. That's 
making healthy decisions when you go out for dinner. That's choosing not to drink a bottle of wine every night. That's having low calorie ice cream as opposed to as opposed to Ben and Jerry's at the weekend. That's saying no when the biscuit tin comes around at work. That's getting up every hour from your desk and doing a thousand steps. And that's doing that for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that is commitment to being a healthy person that has healthy behaviors. And that is balance. Yeah. It's like we said before we started recording, balance is extremely difficult. It's very easy to diet. It's very easy to exercise for a set amount of time and then go back to doing nothing at all. Actually having balance is very, very, very hard. Yeah. I'm, um, Funnily enough, I'm training Kate tomorrow. Are you? Yeah, Hi, yeah. Kate. Have, have you... I met Kate? I was just going to ask you. I was going to ask you, have you met her before? I trained her once in the gym, I think. I don't think like, so. Uh, she looks incredible. Is she? <laughs> yeah. As in like, <laughs> so when um, I messaged her about, um, or we were going back and forth on email, uh, just about, you know, about arranging the meeting. And she was like, oh, sorry if I angered you about the, the, the comments around worrying about like protein per pound. And the, I don't know if I mentioned it in the podcast, but... So like if knowing what Kate does and like how and how consistent she is with like her tracking and her diet and stuff, um, she is the sort of person where weighing up those decisions, it's almost like you've done everything else, it's worth discussing it. Yeah. So she's in that position where, yeah, it's worth having that conversation because if you're doing everything else, it's like, right, yeah. just keep dialing it in, dialing it in. Yeah. I think the frustration comes from when people that uh, the, the, go use an extreme example are just eating like junk food every day and the food quality is way off and they're they're talking about grams per protein yeah i'm like <laughs> god like you like the cart before the horse thing it's like forget about that just start eating better quality food um, eat a vegetable yeah whereas obviously kate is already doing this yeah. um but yeah it's just like that that approach in general just kind of makes yeah. me laugh um i'll tell her to come say hi yeah we'll do we'll yeah. do um Right, I've completely lost the thread. Of what we're no, we were about. just talking about the obsessed versus committed kind of thing. Yeah, and I th- and I think um, they're very different words, but there's a there is a little bit of overlap, right? Because if you make a if you make a commitment to something, that's kind of like the longer term thing that um, underpins everything. And then there'll be periods throughout the journey. Whereas if you want to get down to you know a new low body fat percentage, the amount of things that you potentially have to do in terms of like being accurate with the tracking and stuff the behaviors that you adopt for that short period of time can be become obsessive, right? That's the kind of what you have to guard against a little bit. And everyone has a different tolerance to that. Some people can, some people believe it or not use fitness pal as a, as they would do brushing their teeth. It's yeah. just something that they do every day, dieting, not dieting, gaining, losing, they just do it and they find it zero stress and they're at home with the app and they've got all their meals logged in and it's, just like another app that they use on their phone <laughs> amy putting a hand up whereas other people literally like within like a couple of weeks they're like i can't do this it's too much and yeah. for those people guess what it's too much you don't yeah. do it um so yeah it can what as coaches we're looking for or constantly when we're doing like feedback with clients and just check-ins and just face-to-face meetups and stuff you can't like we're not uh, we're not therapists but you can definitely there are telltale signs when people start becoming a little bit um, a little bit obsessed for the want of a better word with, with those behaviors. And it, and normally at that stage, it's a case of, right, pump the brakes, back yeah. off a little bit, have a week off tracking, have a diet break, whatever it may be. And then just give yourself space to breathe before you, before you jump back in. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. And any co- coach worth their salt would be looking out for those behaviors as well. And almost not anticipating them, but definitely like making sure that the client is in a good headspace with it. Yeah. yeah. It, unfortunately, and I, I didn't know this before I started coaching people, but it kind of comes with the territory a little yeah. bit. So yeah. you have to look out for it. Yeah. Um, there were other comments in the thread, weren't there? There were a lot of people saying that... Um, Read that one out, mate. Oh, no, 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 I will. Um, hang on. We, just a lot of people saying um, the she looks incredible. Some people saying she looks um, insane, which is great. Uh, and then there was one from a, I won't say it by name, but there was one comment that just said, it, she looks insane, but it doesn't inspire me. It just makes me feel even worse about myself that I don't have that kind of dedicational time to achieve it. I'm a 47 year old menopausal woman who can't lose weight no matter what I do or how hard I work out. Fair play to somebody I admire, but I just feel fat and useless when I look at that picture, which was really sad for me to read. Um, in fact, for anyone to read, I think. And it there was a lot of like, back and forth um in response to that um yeah thoughts oh man i, I felt sad reading it yeah it was really sad I, wasn't I it i felt sad reading it um this is like I, first of all, all i think i'd like to say before you jump in i'm sure that is not davina's intention with any of her work is to make someone feel like that yeah of course not and and also and also um it's almost the how Davina looks is almost the least important part of of that comment, and it's mm. more about feeling um, feeling fat and useless, which kind of mm. which kind of stuck like that's the line that stuck out to me because um, mm-hmm. you're not useless, and there's a lot of people that struggle with this, right? So there's not a bunch of people out there that are all useless because they struggle with losing weight. It's just I suppose like the line I always come back to with this is the, the weight loss equation is incredibly simple, calorie deficit, etc. But it's, it's difficult. Like it's really hard and it's not a slight on, on your character if you struggle with it, because if anything, you're in the majority, the majority mm. of people are struggling, you know, the um, obesity rates are going up. So this is a problem that it's not like a few people that are, you know, um, no one else has got this issue. It's just me. It makes me a bad person. I mean, first of all, like the, like the bigger issue for me is like linking weight with like, or uh, holding more body fat, let's say with being useless mm. and, and the, the dedication part of it and time to achieve it. I think, yeah, there is, there is definitely an element of like, you know, dedication, motivation, commitment, like all these kind of words that, that are thrown around, but people are in different positions yeah. Like Davina is quite an extreme example because of her because of her um her like status and wealth and ability to kind of hire who she wants essentially um to help her along the way. So it is an uneven playing field. I feel like I don't know, like I would what I would like to say to the person that commented there is basically like how much body fat you hold is not the issue here the the issue to for me looking at the outside without knowing anything else and just reading those comments is why do you why do you feel bad about being a little bit heavier um mm. I, I don't know like 
you can you can definitely i think there's like oh do you know what i'd like to be a few pounds lighter i'd like to lose a bit of weight i feel a bit happy you know i feel a bit happier or feel more content or close to it better like i get that but it's just the language it's like fat and useless just sounds like it just makes my heart sink when yeah. i read that you almost want to give them a hug and be like you're not useless like yeah. i don't know what you're like as a person but let's presume they're normally i kind of like to take the you know assume someone's good until they prove you otherwise like a good human um yeah yeah it's just hard it's just a hard one to read it's a hard one to yeah. read. yeah this person then goes on to say they put in the gym time they love feeling strong it doesn't show and it's very disheartening um and then they said like enlighten me i've tried everything um <sighs> There's no special formula. There's nothing that Andy and I haven't already mentioned previously many times on this podcast. There's nothing that Davina is doing over and above anything, any other one that any anyone else that's been successful on a fat loss or muscle building journey is doing. It is just a case of like, and Andy says, it's time, it's patience, it's consistency. It's having the right support network and someone to work with that actually understands where you're at and can cater it for you. Um, and that's all Davina probably has more than anybody else because she's got in the financial position to have it. And that does have an impact. You know, that does have an impact. Um, I really don't like this phrase of feeling fat. Um, I'm actually a bit like my friends get annoyed with me because I really start calling them out when they start saying this or oh, I feel really fat. I'm like, no, you don't feel fat. You feel uncomfortable in your own skin right now. Okay. Maybe because you maybe are bloated or because you maybe ate a little bit more or because you had some food that made you feel a little bit uncomfortable. You know, maybe it was over highly processed or, you know, maybe like that's what you're feeling or you feel fat because maybe you're a little bit unhappy or you tried something on in a shop that didn't fit your figure very well. Yeah. Not yeah. because you're overweight, because clothes shop sizes are ridiculous, you know, and designed for one person that is one body shape at one size at one particular time of their month. You know what I mean? Or their day. So I really I really want to move away. And there's loads of stuff about this online and on Instagram as well. And a lot of fitness professionals are getting better at calling out this kind of language is I really want to move away from say I feel really fat. Like, no, fat is a thing. It is a tangible thing. Yeah, there are different types of fat. In fact, it's multiple types of things. You have dietary fat and then you have body fat. And even in body fat, you have two different types of body fat and you need to have body fat to survive, you know, and actually be alive and be a functioning human. Um, so this whole feeling fat thing, I actually think it. we need to go a little bit deeper with what emotions we're actually feeling. Um and why we're feeling those and that is very uncomfortable very very uncomfortable um you know oh I sat on the sofa and ate a tub of Ben and Jerry's and drank a bottle of wine and now I feel fat well I know I think you probably feel lonely or I think you probably feel sad or I think you probably feel stressed because you had a bad day at work which led you to participate in that behavior that now you feel uncomfortable in your own body because you've overconsumed those foods which on their own and in a balanced way are delicious together and overconsumed leaves you feeling very uncomfortable 
yeah it's yeah I, I think you're spot on mate and and to be fair to the uh to the commenter like if you you know the the comment threads up on the facebook group um but she does go on um later to say that she's uh like you know working with a counselor and kind of feeling more positive so it's kind of not it just wasn't just that kind of one comment and there was a bit like you said there was a bit of back and there's a bit of back yeah. and forth on the thread i think like just the like, last couple of things on this i think the whole like feeling fat versus having fat as in carrying body fat it's like an important kind of distinction that kind of seeing yourself oh i'm i'm a fat person as in no i'm a person that i think this is from um, emma story gordon i'm a person that's carrying body fat do you know what i mean it's um there is distinction to be made there because if you see yourself like that and you kind of define yourself like that you that is that is kind of you that's kind of you in your box mm. um when like one of the one of the i think the last comments were um i'm not looking for sympathy votes here but i think it's all dna because i work out and eat better than so many of my friends limit the alcohol more than my friends and they get results um so again so this is purely anecdotal right on my part one of my best mates tim shout out tim going to the football with him at the weekend um he anytime i saw him he would eat uh he would be like his diet was he won't mind me saying this atrocious like just constant junk like he always had like a milkshake on the go you know those mars kind of milkshakes oh yeah just sugar like just pure shit and then he just used to bang into them like just you know eating that kind of stuff he used to drink uh like used to go like, to the pub with him on a regular basis like sinking pints rake thin absolutely rake thin and now tim being a good friend once i got back from uni we ended up living together and that and that kind of then i was kind of in his we're in each other's worlds constantly. And what I realized, I was like, ah, I know why you're you're not stacking on weight now. Because that's all you eat, along with smoking a few cigarettes and maybe having like an evening meal. So actually, even though the food quality, and I wouldn't recommend this as a way to get slim, but I didn't know what the hell he was doing until I was actually living with him. And even then I wasn't following him to work and stuff like that. And we had a talk about like what he eats and stuff. And actually when you worked out the calories, it's probably about 15, 1600 a day. Yeah. So, that's that, so when, when people say like the, I'm doing an X compared to my friends, I'm not joking. Like people are so kind of odd with food and weird with it. You haven't got a clue what your friends are doing. Yeah. You like, really like, don't like genuinely. You don't think about, you don't know what's going on. Like, uh, with couples behind closed doors and stuff exactly the same with food you haven't got yeah. you you do not know what they're doing so don't you definitely don't use them as like as a yardstick even though you kind of oh my god every time i see them on like facebook or instagram they're you know necking cocktails or going out and having meals and stuff like that that might be the only thing they're eating that yeah. day so definitely don't yeah. use that as a as a yardstick yeah um the first thing they teach you as a nutrition coach is clients lie you know, you can have the most perfect food diary given to you and they're like, I'm not losing weight. Yeah, because they're probably cooking in half a bottle of olive oil every week. You know, like little things like that. And I've had things like that with clients before where as a, as a coach, you're racking your brain thinking, what am I missing here? This person should be losing weight. And it's these little things because you don't think about it. They don't think about it. It's It's the conscious versus the unconscious action. Like you see your mate having salad when you go for lunch yeah. but yet they go home and they don't know what a portion of pasta is so they think they're having yeah they'll eat their their evening meal 
but then they'll also finish everything that's on their kids' plates as well. You know, it's little things like that that they don't, you don't realise is happening, that sometimes they don't realise is happening. Oh, but, you know, she can eat a pizza when we go over for for a dinner for, and have a girl's night. That, that's the Yeah, but all one. she's had to eat all day is an apple and a banana. Like, do you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. That's all, that's all, that's all you see, you know? So, so with that being said, so friends, what other people do, forget about it. Don't worry about that. In terms of the the um the dna you know like your genetic makeup having an effect so it's kind of like a yes no thing with that so does it have an impact 100 it does like if we all ate the exactly the same diet we'd all get completely different results but i always i always pose this question this so this is one that i get with people when they're a version of this statement will come out. I've tried everything and I'm not losing weight Yeah. or I'm eating 1200 calories and I'm not losing weight or I'm training every day and I'm not losing weight. So that is, and I've said this on the podcast like numerous times, it is hands down, especially when you're working at it, the most frustrating thing in the world. Like it is just soul destroying, frustrating. You want to cry, throw, or, you know, like throw your hands up in the air. It's, it's the worst. If you're in yeah. that situation, it is the worst. So a really good question to ask yourself um, is if you ate, say I'm, I'm the nutritionist coming in now and I'm going to say to you, right, Amy, if you ate 4,000 calories a day, do you think you'd gain weight? Were you asking me that question? I'm asking that question. Um, if you 4,000 calories a day. Don't overthink what, for this one round. day, for one day, or no, just just consistently. I'm going to get you to actually, I'm going to change the question. Okay. You're going to eat 5,000 calories a day, Rambo. Yeah. Are you going to gain weight yeah. every every day? Yeah. Cool. Right. If you ate zero calories a day, would you lose weight? I'd die. <laughs> but, but yes, right? Before, yes. <laughs> before you pass away, you'll lose weight. So, right, this this it's deliberately like an extreme. And I always think quite... you're going to catch me out. I'm yeah. like really overthinking. You're like, oh, God, actually, well, if I, if I lived off air, then maybe I could last a bit longer. Um <laughs> So that question is kind of flippant and kind of stupid, but what it means is, so you're saying that if you ate zero calories a day, you would lose weight. So the trick, and you know that if you ate 5,000 calories a day, you're going to gain weight. So the trick is where do you pitch it where you lose weight and don't die? That should be the, that's the title of my book, how to lose <laughs> weight and don't die. But as frustrating as it can be, like if you're genuinely kind of tracking everything and you are eating like 1500 calories a day and, it, and it's tracked and you're being as honest as you can be and it's not happening, you may have to go lower. And that is, you know, and I'm not saying like you should do this, but if you accept the fact that if you eat zero calories, you'll lose weight, then there has to be a number that you can eat where you won't die and you'll still lose. Yeah. And it might be a lot lower than you would ideally like, but no one is immune from that fact. Um, no matter where you are, like whether you've got like the worst genetic makeup of all time, whether you're menopausal, whether you're an 80 year old, whatever it may be, it is possible. The, and, the, and the question isn't for me whether it's possible. It's is it worth doing? Yeah. And I think that question gets that almost gets batted away. Like, oh, no, of course, it is. Yeah, I want to lose it. Of course, it is. Well, it's like, OK, well, here are the steps then. Let me break them down. Is it still worth it? Because I honestly, I'm not, I'm not trying to talk us out of work here. I think for a lot of people, if you're healthy and it is like aesthetic weight you want to lose, 
I would seriously consider that the answer to that might be no. And that doesn't mean you're a bad person. It just means no. you've got other things going on and there are more important things in life than losing weight. And what a consistent calorie deficit looks like. I think it's important to put that into context. So it is monitoring your food daily. It is making sure your portions are within what is necessary for your body weight and your calorie requirements. It is refusing the biscuits that come around the office. It is um, trying to get out for a walk every day. I feel like I'm repeating myself here. Mm, interesting. <laughs> it is um, maybe not having a latte every time you go to the office or you pass your favorite coffee shop. It's probably definitely refusing a croissant as well or not having your daily croissant it's not being able to say yes to having cake when you go out with your friend who you haven't seen for two months it's not being able to order the deep fried sweet and sour chicken at the Chinese and maybe just having a stir fried vegetables instead it's having to say no to the chocolate brownie on the menu when you go for Sunday lunch it's not being able to have fish and chips at the pub that you enjoy I'm out I'm out already he's out it's (laughs) not being able to have a beer on a Sunday or a bottle of wine on definitely Friday out. or definitely, definitely not being able to go and have five cocktails with the girls on a Saturday and like it's not being able to sit on the sofa with my boyfriend and enjoy a family-sized bar of Tony's chocolate only like they are things that matter in our lives to make us happy yeah and happiness as a person And everything that is important to you and your values is so much more important than being in a smaller body. And sometimes it's very easy for us to sit here and be like, we need to be in a calorie deficit. It might be low. This is what it looks like, blah, 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 blah. This is what you need to eat. Anyone can eat what they need to eat for however long they need to eat it to lose weight. But actually putting it in context of what that looks like as opposed to just being happy in your skin and focusing on training for enjoyment and exercise for enjoyment and the health benefits and to feel strong like it's important to get that contextually into people's lives i think yeah 100 percent, mate 100 percent. handy b um should we move on yeah okay yeah yeah um so uh this was a very popular question in the um facebook group wasn't it this was the uh bulk versus cut yeah so now we're talking now we're talking um so there was a question i need to find it now i don't i think i've lost it uh let me try and can you find it this is podcast gold yeah, sorry, guys. We <laughs> Host scroll through Facebook thread. I genuinely can't find it. Do you know where it is? Was it Olivia? Yeah, it was Olivia. Oh, here we go. Um, basically, not long since started my fitness journey. Learned a lot already. You're welcome. That's very sweet of you. Thank you, Olivia. Um, I know that if I had a very low body fat percentage and wanted to gain muscle, I'd eat in a surplus, get protein in and weight train. If I had a lot of body fat to lose, I'd still weight train, put myself in a deficit, also getting protein in. Kind of doesn't really matter how much body fat you've got to lose. Depends, really. Um, I find myself somewhere in the middle. 
could benefit from losing half a stone to a stone of body fat, probably. But I also really want to gain muscle. Do I cut slash bulk cycle? If so, which first? Or do I keep up maintenance and hope for body recom? Um, so we've jotted down some notes. There was a few more people that were like, I'm eager to know this. I want the, I really look forward to these responses. I'm in the same position too. So um, Andy, where would you start then? I, I just love this question. I this know. Is, this is like one of the the kind of like the eternal questions um, mm. to bulk or to cut. That is the question. Um, so in our notes here, Rambo, which you've kindly put together, mm. number one on the list is training age. Yeah. And I do think that's important. And if someone's in the the early phases, so and I would kind of class that as anything – anything under two years maybe or mm. definitely under a year i would focus on gaining muscle that is like me personally that's where i'd go with it assuming that the person hasn't got like an unhealthy level of body fat which olivia obviously hasn't because she said she's kind of somewhere in that in that middle range so i'd focus on the training and eating to support um support performance in the gym and, and muscle gain so that might be that actually might end up looking like a recomp so eating at maintenance or just above maintenance, like not trying to like quote unquote bulk as such, but you know, maybe that scales is just trending up over like three or four months. That's absolutely fine. And then hopefully, yeah, say like another six months or another year down the line, you can look to, if you want to still lose that half a stone, then one, you may have recomped a bit anyway. So sorry, by like recomp, I mean, gain a bit of muscle, lose a bit of fat and the scale weight largely doesn't change so the look may have changed and actually after in another six months to a year you might not want to lose uh, lose any more body fat um or if you do decide you want to still lose that half a stone you put yourself in a better position to do it um because i just think early on the there's gains to be made in the gym that yeah. once you've been training for a couple of years are harder to come by so make hay while the sun shines um, I would agree. I think the key thing with what you said there, mate, is um, if you've not got a lot of amount of weight to lose, if you are in an unhealthy weight range and it is um, you started training, you really enjoy it, but you do have, you know, a substantial amount of body fat to lose. I would focus on also being in deficit just for health reasons. Um you're, if you've got a young train age, you're probably young training age, you're probably going to build a little bit of muscle anyway. Um, but for health, get yourself into a healthy weight range. Training's going to feel great. Um, you're going to have more energy. You're, yeah, you're just going to feel better. You're just going to feel better around the gym. You're going to be moving better. You're going to have to feel less restricted in your own body when you are in the gym. If you are within, you know, in a, in a slightly lighter, more mobile body. So I would focus on that first. If you have a lot of weight to lose. Um, if not, I definitely agree with Andy in terms of if you just diet and focus on cutting and losing body fat, but you haven't got a lot of, you know, muscle under there you're just going to look small. You're just going to look like you're in a smaller version of the body you were in before. So I would focus on training, focus on enjoying training, watch the numbers go up, stay at maintenance. Yeah. I would definitely look to do some cleaning up of your diet. Definitely look to still get your protein in, 
four to five times a day. Definitely look to focus on whole food sources, start taking some creatine, get that hydration in, get your eight hours of sleep in, like everything that we advocate for health principles, because they are going to benefit your training and you're going to put on more muscle because of that. Um, but I, yeah, I pretty much do exactly the same. Um, I've put in there as well, like relationship with food. Oh, mate, um, can, I, can I just jump in quickly? Of course you can. Just to, just to kind of um, wrap up that first one. So if someone's carrying an excessive amount of body fat, someone is a bit larger. It's not just body fat. They'll be carrying more muscle as well. So they tend to, like if someone wanders into the gym and they've never trained before, but they're 18 stone, I guarantee they're going to be stronger than someone who wanders in who's never trained before, who's eight stone. They just will, they will be carrying more muscle mass. So actually they they will have, or the chances are they will have more muscle mass to begin with just from mm. carrying around a larger frame. So again, just puts them in a, a more advantageous position to start cutting and losing weight. Aside from just the fact that, yeah, from a health point of view, it, it's potentially a, a good idea as well, but just yeah. get that little, yeah, that little caveat in there. Yeah, no, so true. Um, I've put a uh, relationship with food. Um <sighs> there is if you have if you feel like you're on the diet treadmill and you have been for the majority of your life we know who we're talking about you know if we're talking about you and you know what that feels like when I say that if you feel like you've been on a diet for most of your life do you really need to get in the mindset where you're doing a cut okay um it can become quite food is very food focused yeah um you can be on very minimal calories um what is going to happen after the cut what do you want to achieve are you going for an aesthetic if you're going for an aesthetic again like andy i would focus on actually just putting on the muscle first when you are when you lose body fat do you want to have nice rounded glutes do you want really big shoulders do you want to be able to see some leanness around the middle do you want your abs to be popping you know do you want um a bit of leanness along, along the back are you a guy do you want like massive traps do you want big quads if so train those bloody muscles first yeah and then do that at maintenance watch the numbers go up with strength gains comes muscle mass and then think about cutting. But if you have a poor relationship with food, it, it is probably just going to accentuate those behaviors. And the focus is going to be around your what what you can't have as opposed to and the, usually the numbers on the scales. And I'm being very generic there as opposed to how you look in the mirror and when you are actually happiest with your body. Yeah. Those people that usually embark on a cut, there has to be some kind of tangible measure of progress. It is very, it's very, it's less likely to be subjective as to how you feel and how you feel you look. It's usually requires jumping on the scales, measurements. Um, and yeah, sometimes there are photos, but it's less focused usually on how you feel. If you are going after a look, I would argue that and you, and you have a poor relationship with food, I would argue that maybe going on a cut per se or trying to lose body fat in a very focused manner is not the best thing. Um, but again, that's something to have have a chat with a coach about. Yeah, and I think it's different as well. So obviously, like when we when we meet with the clients in the gym, a lot of the times 
a lot of time it will be like a weight loss slash cut slash getting leaner type of goal. And if you're, yeah, like, like Amy said, if your experience is just the, the diet treadmill, let's call it, or the diet hamster wheel might be more, more <laughs> accurate. Um, it's quite an experience to actually allow yourself to eat a bit more with the intention of gaining muscle. Because mm. a lot of people, when they eat more, it's because they've fallen off a diet or they're, they don't care about their diet or they're just doing it subconsciously, but actually like a, f- a focus period of time where you're trying to eat a bit more to facilitate strong training sessions is really nice. It's like a re- like you'll, f- you'll feel the benefit in the gym, but not only in the gym, just that, that feeling of, of being fed, but putting good food in and good fuel in. There is something to that. And if you haven't experienced it, I think that's why it's quite good to have a, a, a performance goal. That's not aesthetic. I almost keep something, I re- I mean, like again, me with running, I love that. Like when, if I'm running well, if I'm training well, if I know I've got like a, a big session or a big run coming up, I'm more likely to eat better food because I want to fuel performance yeah. um, and being able to eat a bit more and not having to, you know, oh, I'm still a bit hungry. I'm going to bed hungry. Going to bed feeling like fed and fueled and like you've trained hard and you're a bit achy, but you know, you put the nutrients back in. I tell you what, if you've never done it before, I would almost be like, I'd almost ask that question. If someone hasn't done it and they've been on the dieting bandwagon for a while, I'd be like, right, just do that for a month. You feel but amazing. Also, yeah. But having a bad relationship with food, that can also be a real head fuck for some people oh, as mass- well. Yeah. Massively. So that's why I mentioned the relationship with food thing as well, because if you have been on the dieting treadmill for or hamster wheel for, you know, however many years, and then you're like, oh, I really want to put on some muscle. Okay, so we need to be eating at least 2,000 calories, if not 2,200. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I, I've told people to eat that much before. Sometimes I've actually told people to eat more than that in the hope that they'll actually under-eat the calories because I know that whatever I tell them, they're going to under-eat anyway. Hashtag, Do you know what I mean? Hashtag coach tactics. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it's it can be it can be even worse. It can be even more of a head fuck if somebody actually wants to bulk and put on size. Um, that is so true, mate. That like, the the look of horror sometimes when I start their ca- the the calorie recommendation with a two, and it's yeah. like, what? <gasps> I find it really reassuring as a female. I find it really fucking reassuring coming growing up in a world of diet culture to know how many calories I can actually eat and not put on weight. Or even, hang on, look better. I mean, Stop. it's amazing. Stop it with your wizardry, Rambo. <laughs> I look like Harry Potter as well with these glasses. <laughs> That's on, definitely I? why I said that I without, without thinking about I know. it. Um, yeah, it is It is fascinating. Um, if, and again, there's, a, there's that also, if you, again, it worked, like, there's another caveat, really, if... You have been on the dieting bandwagon and you then get the number that is a lot higher that you realize the temptation sometimes to kick the fuck it bucket is is also there. So you then can be eating at maintenance or a slight surplus and then suddenly that becomes a very big surplus and then suddenly you're actually a lot bigger than you maybe wanted to be. And then, oh God, no, I actually feel really uncomfortable. I'm going to have to go back on a diet again or a cut again. So that whole cut bulk cycle, the way you referred to it, Olivia, should does it even need to be a cult bulk cut bulk cycle like Easy for you to say yeah. um this whole cycling in and out of a cut and a bulk and a cut and a bulk 
we're not meant to do that. We're just meant to live. You know, we are just meant to live unless you are a competitive professional bodybuilder that wants to be on stage. Okay. Where you have very, very, very focused timeframes of focusing in on your weak points, just like you would, if you're an athlete to build them in the gym, getting the calories in and then a dieting phase up to your competition, just like peaking for any kind of Olympics that any kind of athlete would, I don't think any kind of, you know, amateur gym goer that just does it to feel good, look good in clothes, mental health, health benefits, live long and prosper needs to be on any of these kind of cut bulk cycles. I get it. I'm getting married. I want to look good. I'm going on holiday. I want to look good. Totally get that. Totally get that. Yeah. Um, But I would argue that any other Tom, Dick, Harry, Joe blogs would not need to do that. Yeah, I, th- I think there's that. De- yeah, the need part of it is 100% true. No one needs to do it. I think with like with cutting and bulking, I mean, even the words themselves sound quite extreme. They lend, yeah. I mean, there's a reason why they come from bodybuilding culture, like the most mm. extreme expression of, of like an aesthetic that you can possibly get. But think about it. I, I do think there's a place for, for cycles or like or shifts in diet and shifts in training but how the i would say the fitness industry approaches it it would look like a roller coaster whereas how i think you should approach it is like think about rolling fields it's like as in like for a period of time over like you know gradually i'm going to increase calories and just like i'm going to enjoy my training and not like right i'm going on a six-week dirty bulk i'm going to smash down like five thousand calories a day do free protein shakes hit the gym seven days a week that's what bodybuilding kind of pushes you towards and then it's yeah. like a really severe right i'm doing a severe cut i'm cutting out all like carbs all gluten i'm going to go like 1200 calories a day i'm gonna do it for six weeks got a holiday coming up and it's just that boom or bust and your body doesn't know where it is you feel rubbish like when you're dieting you're starving when you're bulking you feel sick and it's just and it's just be leveled out a little bit so one <laughs> of the one of the things like the next point on the on the list that amy's got here is time frame so speaking about holidays right or weddings, or just an event that you might think, actually, I'd quite like to be a bit leaner for that. However long you're thinking of cutting for, let's just keep cutting as the word we're using, double it, and then add a couple of weeks. And that's kind of a good approximation of maybe what you'll what you'll need, like make the experience more pleasurable, like give it time. And for bulking, especially, or gaining weight in general, like this plays into the relationship with food and the relationship with the scale. If you're trying to gain muscle, you can't freak out or you've got to minimize the risk of freaking out when you see that number start to creep up and you have to give yourself time to like accrue that muscle tissue over, you know, multiple sessions in the week, uh, each week in the gym, over multiple weeks, over months. And I mean, like if we're talking... If we're talking about Olivia here, I would say, does she say how long she's been training for? No. Relatively new. Let's say, okay, it doesn't have to be Olivia, but let's say someone's been training for for a year or between. Just said not long since she started her fitness journey. So I'm going to say under 12 months. Okay. So so I would say in terms of like a bulk or a period of time to, to gain muscle, if someone reaches that year, two year period, so they've got a good base underneath them. I think if you're going to go like on a dedicated bulk or a muscle gaining period of time, I would leave six months. 
like honestly like i would take six months to just focus on it and then or at least four but like ideally six and then reassess after that and that can be that's that's a long period of time to focus on one thing like I, I get that like normally we have that the other way around when like me and rambo are talking about it earlier when someone's got uh, maybe a bit more weight to lose like stones to lose they're in for you know potentially years of dieting which is so difficult to get your head around it makes sense to almost kind of like break it up into into like chunks or like three month blocks but you need to give your body time and then when you do decide to cut it's not a case of right six weeks crash it off it's like right do a month reassess do a month reassess or something like that uh, just allowing time for the body to yeah kind of adapt and um, kind of adopt a new shape yeah. I do think these words put a lot of pressure on it to get to the goal. Whereas it's like we've said before, like the actual process can be really fun, like really fun. Laying down some muscle can be great. Like you get to eat loads of good food. You get for a long period of time, you get to train really well. You have loads of energy. Um, but I, I don't... I think people don't see it as a longer journey. That's something they're going to enjoy. Even with a diet, you know, the the focus of a diet always seems to be restriction rather than just a focused period of restraint for this amount of time because I want to achieve this. It's, it, it's, it's again, it's that all or nothing mentality. It's like, where's the, where's the in-between? What are we actually going to do on a day-to-day basis? How many days is this going to pan out for? What are my days going to look like? Am I going to actually enjoy what I'm doing here? Yeah. Rather than just, am I going to hopefully look like this at the end of it? And hopefully I'll like the results. You know, you might get halfway through a desire, a desire, halfway through a diet and decide that um, disaster, disaster. (laughs) halfway through a diet and decide it's not for you. Like, that's great. If if I'm with if I'm working with someone, they get halfway through their like timed period of fat loss and they're like, do you know what? Like, I'm actually really happy. I'm like, I'm so pleased, like good for you. Like, that's the point I want you to get to. And again, um, if you start building muscle or you start focusing on your strength training and you're like, oh, no, I'm really enjoying how I'm feeling. I'm actually really enjoying like the physique. I enjoy the numbers. I enjoy watching this go up. I might just do this for three more months. That's okay too. You know, yeah. um, it doesn't need to be this. Okay. Now what do we do? Okay. Now what do we do? Okay. Like we've got here now. So like what's next and what's coming next. And I don't look at how I want to look yet. So what do I need to shift the focus to now? Like, just relax. Yeah, uh, yeah the, the whole uh, cut and bulk thing could be, could be summarized by just relax about it. It's yeah. going to be fine. Just, You're going to be all just, right. It's like when Jack goes to me, just calm down. <laughs> <laughs> what about the next one on him, mate? The attachment to training and strength gains. Uh, hang on a minute. <laughs> Can I also just say, your wife just messaged me on Instagram saying, I'm really sorry if you can hear the screaming baby in the background. <laughs> oh, he's been, he's been going for it. Um, do, 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 uh, attachment to strength gains. Where are you looking? Do I bulk or cut on the, um, on the sheet? Oh, sorry. On the sheet. I'm looking at Olivia's question. Uh, uh, question. Um, yeah. How attached are you to training on your strength gains, basically? So how... If you are, if you do want to build muscle, 
you need to put in the hours in the gym. Is your um, schedule set up that you can train three or four times a week? Are you, do you have, is your schedule set up so you're training at the right time with the right energy available? Can you actually put everything into it? Have you got a good program? Um, do you enjoy seeing the numbers go up as well? Or are you happy just to lift the same weight for years on end? You know, because if you're in a deficit and you really focused on losing body fat, but you also like lifting heavy in the gym, you, there has to be an acceptance that your squat number is not going to increase for probably a long time. Yeah. You, there are days when you're in, in the gym and you're training and you're trying to get it done and you feel like shit and you go and do two exercises and you're like, Oh God, I really can't be bothered. This feels really hard today. Yeah. Whereas if you're a bit more fueled, and you're really enjoying your training. You love seeing the numbers go up. You're really attached to having that 100 kilo squat. And like, no, I am somebody that has a 100 kilo squat. Probably not a good idea to go into a 12 week dieting phase because it's that 100 kilo squat is very unlikely to get any greater. And it might even be days where it feels like a struggle to hit that in, in itself. Um, so if you are really, really attached to your training and your strength gains, I'd probably not enter into a cut, quote unquote, um, uh, you know, expecting those to stay the same. Yeah, you've just written priorities, Andy. Basically, like, what is your priority? Because there has to be an acceptance that the cost of one comes the other. Yeah, I think generally that's true, right? Like, if, if, as you start to lose weight, even if you're even if you're maintaining the the bulk of your muscle mass and you're you know you're mm. losing body fat, which is hopefully the case. Sorry, the, can I just uh, caveat that the only difference I would say is if you're pretty new to exercise, if you're pretty new to exercise, yeah. I would say you'll continue to make strength gains for the first year or two. Um, but even then you're still relying on a load of other factors. Like, is your form great? Have you got a good coach? Are you doing certain exercises? What are your strengths? Do you have any injuries? Do you have any imbalances? Like blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And I think that's what, like, generally speaking, it's, it's worth early on for the first like year or two, just, focusing on the training and actually if you're if you're fueled fully you're you're likely to have better sessions you can really kind of get your form absolutely locked down like there's nothing worse than you know you're in the middle of a dieting phase you're feeling low energy and then you're trying to perform something quite technical and quite heavy and you're depleted it's just not a particularly you know like we all have those sessions but it's just not a particularly fun place to be whereas if you've spent two years honing your deadlift and squat and overhead press that's one less thing you have to worry about because you're already proficient in those movements so then you just have to worry about I'm not going to get that last set out but you know i've got three out of four i'll drop it for the last one kind of thing and also you'll be you'll have a better body awareness as well you'll know like during those sessions or at the start of those sessions um when to push and when to pull back so there's again there's, there's basically there's a lot of things in our answers here that push me towards saying i think you should again quote unquote bulk and focus on the training side of it um I think something else as well with that, with that in mind. There Max, he is. There he is. Hey, Hi, Max. Max. Hi, Max. How are you doing? <laughs> um, with that in mind, if you're, when you're losing, when you're, when you're in a deficit, really it's just a case of 
turning up to the gym. Like, don't get me wrong, you still have to train hard, but really you're looking to maintain the muscle mass that you have. So as long as you get in, get a couple of heavy sets in there, just keep turning up and you'll and like you'll be fine. You know, kind of the, the numbers might start coming down a little bit, but you'll maintain the muscle mass. When you're in a surplus and you're trying to gain, that is the time to get a bit, I suppose, like fussy with your training and start looking at like your the rest periods between uh, between sessions and how your you know how how does your periodization look for like the next like four six weeks the next training cycle you can get down to nitty gritty especially if you're working with a coach you can look at session volume and starting to push you can kind of have fun with it right like you can actually enjoy the training and the and the process maybe you program in a day where you focus on weak points or you do focus on a lift or a or a movement that you particularly struggle with because you've got the energy mm. <laughs> and you're more likely to do like um the extra session or if your coach give coach gives you a choice about doing a finisher or doing an extra set you'll take it because you're like keen and you're fueled and you're uh, you know full of energy um and i do think it's just you can really get to know a lot about yourself and really learn about training and kind of immerse yourself in that so by the time you get around to then deciding to cut you've got you've, you've built a foundation you not just of muscle mass but of knowledge of exercise technique and I don't know, I just feel like you go in, you're not wasting any time then, like not wasting kind of six months doing a cut when you could have pushed it for like another year, mm. making some making some real gains in there. I would definitely say as well, if you're new to exercising and you're like training age, training age is under a year, focus on one thing, focus on the training or focus on the diet because you can probably only give one of those 100% um wholeheartedly whole whole wholeheartedly if we're talking about like establishing a new behavior so if you're you've got under 12 months of exercise experience a so brand new to resistance training you're still figuring out what your strengths are you're still figuring out form on some of these things you know to then try and throw in cleaning up the diet as well um it can be a little bit of a lot of a lot. Oh my God, my English and grammar today is atrocious. Um, especially when there's so much information out there and particularly if you're not working with a coach, I know just from when I started, um, I particularly in that first year, I didn't have a lot of other things going on in my life. So I threw myself into everything a hundred percent. And I don't think maybe that that was the best thing to do. I wish I'd have actually invested the time and money that I did in the nutrition side, maybe on the training side, I think that would have stood me in better stead, not to completely like push the nutrition to one side, but I think in terms of where I'm at now and establishing in a behavior that I'm going to be partaking in for the rest of my life, I think I'd have a hundred percent just should have focused on the training and actually learning to do things properly, learning how to lift, building solid foundations, like learning what my strengths are, like sorting out little imbalances, you know, not going too heavy too soon so I didn't get injured. And then when I've got that nailed down, I think then maybe I should have moved on to the diet a bit more, trying to do both together. So, you know, there's a lot to be said about that as well. I get that that can be quite frustrating for people. And when you're interested in one, I love that it naturally falls into an interest in the other. But like Andy and I also have said a lot of time with the nutrition, it doesn't matter if you're eating 1.2 or 1.4 grams of protein, you know, per day, like 
just clean up the diet a little bit, focus on food quality, drink plenty of water, have a good source of protein at each meal. Don't start scanning and tracking every single thing in my fitness pal. If you're still going to London five days a week and then trying to get in for gym sessions and blah, 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 blah. This is all new to you, you know, um, just to have an accurate assessment of where you are to start with, I think. I don't know, Ram, you and your common sense advice. I mean... I'm, I come here for the fads and the juice. I know. Like, I don't come here for sleep and recovery. People must, be, people must be so disappointed in our podcast. They literally must be like, oh, God, I thought you were going to give me like the holy grail elixir of how I was just going to be this most wonderful human being. And now you're like, yeah, just don't worry about anything too much. <laughs> Are you getting enough sleep? Have a glass of water. Relax. <laughs> Take a out of out of chicken breast or an egg in occasionally. No, but I want to know the details. Oh dear, it's so true though. Um, realism about the ability to be in a calorie deficit, Rambo. Good. That's a nice little bullet point on the list. Um, that pretty much exactly what I said before. Like. Yeah, assess- I was going to say, it feels like we covered this one yeah. in, the, in the opening of the pod. Yeah, kind of just assess your capacity bucket, assess what um, a cut is going to look like for you. And like, yeah, assess your, assess what your lifestyle is. You're right, mate. We're keeping you oh. up. Jesus. It is boring, isn't it? It is boring. <laughs> it is so boring we're like a broken record it really is normally i mute myself when i go into a massive i think you meant to do that didn't you um yeah like we'll always say there's never a good time to start a diet there's always going to be something there's always going to be a party a night out someone's birthday christmas if you start a diet before christmas and you intend to eat everything i'd say you're a bit of a moron but you know there's always a holiday like there's always going to be something you have to navigate because like andy says however long you think you need to diet for double it and add a bit yeah yeah i don't know anyone that doesn't have anything going on in a 10-week period you know it's i mean that is like i i semi-joke about that but honestly like it's normally it's definitely it's like when people think um, it's a joke because it's true yeah that's it there's uh, more than a grain of truth with it it's when people have like an idea in their head of um maybe like a lean aesthetic right and they'll be like yeah i reckon i need to lose a stone and i'll be looking at them and this is not done with any like malice and i'm like for what you're talking about leanness levels it's closer to two yeah. So whatever, so that's another good rule of thumb. Whatever you, you think you're going to quote unquote need to lose, double that as well. I could a- still lose a stone. You could still lose a stone. And we're quite lean individuals. Yeah. So, if I, so, so funnily enough, so I'm about a stone heavier than I was at my absolute leanest. I mean, my mum will try and bully me into eating food at that point. That's when I know I've gone, <laughs> I've gone too far. Um, but yeah, but it's, uh, it's an absolute ball like getting down there though. Being that, oh, it's trying grim. To, trying to get to that, um, trying to get to that level of body fat, and it's even harder to maintain it. That's man, when who sits here a stone heavier. <laughs> that's when we start as coaches thinking about quite not extreme, but like different tools in our toolkits, like fasting, like low carb days, like dehydration, like and like it. It's not worth it. Well, I hundred percent say for you know most people that have normal lives it's not worth it yeah i think at that point like if you're if you're trying to maintain like a a a 
body fat percentage that your body doesn't necessarily sit at without a lot of effort you have to then implement those kind of things on, on the regular yeah whether it's like a fast day or a low day because unless you're going to swerve every social occasion there's definitely going to be times where you where you eat out or you eat a bit more so therefore it has to be counter balanced in the week with like a low day yeah. and you have to cut and because like when you're a bit heavier it doesn't kind of matter as much because you've got more calories to play with but once you're down at that at that kind of level like every it is kind of like every day counts at that point yeah it's kind of like that's where that's kind of where you end up like bringing the pod full circle like Davina's appearance and physique there that to me kind of screams there's very few like off days like you have to kind of be mm. like you might you might yeah like as in you literally might have an off off day but then you have to counter balance it and then you kind of get back into that yeah kind of routine um and as a as a female as well just to bring this into it like it's not worth getting down to those really low levels of body fat and losing your menstrual cycle either because when you start to take those quite extreme approach approaches and maybe you do go through a few cut bulk quote unquote cycles that is a danger that is a danger that something might happen and that is a key sign of like that you're not in a healthy position either because yes we talked about whether you have a lot of body fat to lose but also when you are at low levels of body fat that is unhealthy as well yeah and actually again god this is like constantly referencing back to earlier points in the pod but the when we were discussing comparing yourself to others or like friends and stuff I think this is an important point because Davina might be one of these people that can maintain that level of body fat and it's an effort, but it's kind of a manageable effort. Or you might have a friend that is particularly lean all year round and she still holds her menstrual cycle and she's completely fine and she yeah. just functions optimally and it's, and it's all good. You might not be able to do that. So like body fat levels are just this thing where we are all, obviously, if you look at people, you know this, we are all calibrated differently. The body fat that I can maintain and hold without thinking about it might be higher than the guy I'm training next to in the gym, but it might be lower than one of my clients who I work with. And, mm. and this will depend on age. And again, like muscle mass that you hold and all that kind of stuff. But there are, you know, there's like Eric Helms talks about like set points and settling points, like that kind of body fat percentage where we can just, it's just the point we get to where we can hold it. And the body's like, I'm fine here. Like hunger cues are normal. I can still go out. Don't, don't really gain weight. And, but for some people that set, that set, uh, set point or settling point is half a stone higher than what they want. <laughs> and that's normally what happens. I was yeah. pe people who are kind of fitness minded, who would get into this stuff. I would say what they generally speaking, their aesthetic desired look weight is just a little bit harder than they can, they they can, can maintain. maintain without effort, without like constant effort. That is so true as well, mate. It really is like your happy place is going to be a bit higher than you would probably like it to be. <laughs> it just, it just is. It just is. Um, yeah. I think that's a really good point to make. And I think I've, I've realized that about myself and you've definitely realized that about yourself as people that have got dieted down to lower levels of body fat for sure. Yeah. It's, it's mad how, uh, I mean, this is definitely, something that we've been influenced uh, not just me and you personally i think society as a whole has been influenced by you know whether it's instagram or fitness magazines and stuff like the the pictures that we see are so extreme that it kind of seeps into becoming oh well that's what 
I should try and look like I'm into fitness. I look after my diet. Like I should, you know, should yeah. look like that. Um, and it can, it can be quite demoralizing. It's, it's mad to think, isn't it? Like if you, it's hard to think what I would have thought of like as a 16 year old, let's say, if someone said, right, Andy, when you're 39, you're going to look like I do now as a 16 year old, I've been like, Fuck yeah, I'm fucking taking that. Whereas I'd I be see like, him, no way. I'd be like, no way could I grow a beard that magnificent. Dear <laughs> God. Um, but like, like you, you shaved your hair, Dave. But like, <laughs> but like, like with yourself though, can you imagine if you were kind of, if you could kind of see, like now I, I don't feel like particularly lean at all compared to obviously what I was maybe a couple of years back, but this is how we get skewed and like instagram wasn't a thing then i didn't realize that people could wander around at like six percent body fat and stuff and you do yeah. get and us being in the industry and like being exposed to it at large like every day we will see a body that is ripped to shreds or yeah. a feat oh, of strength, for sure. or a feat of strength that like we can't comprehend or someone breaking a record or mm. and and part of that again depends which way you take it part of that being in the gym is incredible you see people like lifting or or gaining muscle or getting leaner or whatever it is and it's inspirational but there's another part of that when it's incessant and when you're maybe not in uh not in a great place Mm. it can become really difficult can become hard i do think there's a reason that and i say our and i'm talking for you but i do think there's a reason that our happy places are probably a stone heavier than our lowest body fats and that's because we're happy And that's because our happiness does not revolve around having a low body fat percentage or being in a certain body. And there's a lot to be said for that because being happy to ours and to anyone really should involve things like having healthy relationships, enjoying your training, exercising because it makes you feel good, um, going out and having food freedom, um, not feeling restricted, uh, you know, enjoying your job, having minimal stress, having good sleep, drinking water. You could feel free to yawn again, mate. But, you know, like it's it's a reason that these are our body's happy points, because these are the things we do when we are happy, you know, and it's literally that simple. Yeah. I completely agree, mate. I wasn't fighting back a yawn then either. Oh, I <laughs> no, that was your cue to yawn. <laughs> um, um, it, that that was a it's such a good question though. The like the I know we've kind of wandered off it a little bit, but the the cut and bulk thing. I think generally speaking, when people first start hearing the language or they first start considering it and learning what it is. If you're at that stage of it, which is I'm kind of assuming where Olivia is, I, I do think for the majority of time, the answer is bulk. Or I'd kind of prefer to, to call it focus on training. Yeah. Train <laughs> like, and eat. Train and eat. Train and eat. Train and eat. <laughs> yeah, that's it. And then, um, yeah, like th- there's plenty of time to cut and do all that fun stuff. And then but... there's the whole question of how do you know you're putting on muscle? Well, if your numbers are improving in the gym, you're enjoying your training, you're firing on all cylinders in other areas of your life, you're probably putting on a bit of muscle. Yeah, I think like you said it before about like th- things you'd have done differently. Um, mm. And probably one of the ones that we both would have considered, like I wish I'd have hired a coach right out of the Oh, my God. Gate. Oh my God. Yeah. Just, just to not even, 
necessarily on like a long-term basis, but I would have loved to have got someone to be like, right, Andy, here's the fundamental movement patterns. I'm just going to walk you through them. Like we're going to do a couple of sessions, stay with me for a month. We'll get four sessions in, spend a bit of time. We'll just get this laid down and then I'll kind of let you, let you loose. I wish I'd have done that. Yeah. (laughs) And that's really annoying actually, because when you get an induction to a gym, like someone will take you around and they'll be like, this is a leg press. This is a chest press. This is a shoulder press. This is a treadmill. These are some dumbbells. This is a treadmill. And it is not focused on exactly like you just said, fundamental movement patterns. So, okay, these are lower body pushing exercises. These are horizontal pushing exercises for the upper body. This is a vertical pull. This is a hip hinge. This is how it should be performed. This is why it's important. Like, yeah, let's just give some, sit someone down and give them a lecture on training. But do you know what I mean? Like, I think stuff like that is so much more important than this is a chest press. Yeah, because like learning how to um, operate a chest press or like, like, don't get me wrong, there is technique, obviously. But if you learn correct pressing technique elsewhere, yeah. then it'll, it'll transfer it'll transfer over to that. And, and again, I get like machines are brilliant in, in certain uh, certain aspects for isolating muscle groups or maybe someone physically, they can't hip hinge or they've got a bad back and they, you know, they want to use a, uh, bit of lower body leg machinery because it feels better and it's and it's safer etc but yeah that that's the one for me that is the one like because and actually again if you get a pt that you're working with and especially if you've got like an injury when you're coming in the gym just to get them to walk you through it um yeah it's for the the relatively i would say you know like it can be a bit it's not personal training isn't cheap right but what you get out of it if you you don't have to do it forever although me and rambo you know that is our business so feel free to contact us but <laughs> i think we've talked ourselves out of any business out of every every <laughs> podcast is talking ourselves out of more and more clients um, but i do think if you learn the fundamental movement patterns then it becomes a choice whether you decide to go with a coach or not whether you decide to train once a week or five days a week or whatever you do like it, it is that teach a man to fish thing it's exactly that learn the movement patterns and then you can decide what you do it's completely up to you whether you're front squatting back squatting goblet squatting whatever it may be oh i know how to squat (laughs) like it's just a different mode that i'm using um Yeah. yeah so like again olivia another kind of nugget of advice there just like really enjoy it and get to know your body and how it moves and what you respond to like really take some time to because those kind of early months or early years it it kind of should be like whatever you do you're probably going to gain some muscle it's like a really good fun time to to get in there and take advantage of that yeah yeah knock yourself out mate just go and have fun with it and just enjoy it and enjoy knowing that you're doing something really bloody good for your body that literally will add years to your life correct quality years at that may i may i say quality years because it's great getting older yeah i can (laughs) vouch for that it actually is i love i love being in my 30s it's awesome um mate we went on there that was great i've got no idea how long that was like literally an hour and 20 it's 10 to 4 now so yeah 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 nice one yeah um i hope everyone that commented on the facebook thread got something out of that as you can tell andy and i really enjoy those kind of chats and we can really delve into well the psyche of what makes us coaches for a start our opinions on things and yeah um i hope you found it valuable i hope we didn't talk ourselves out of any business really (laughs) 
we're actually all right at what we do <laughs> if there's it if there is any um not follow-up questions from that then yeah please stick them in the facebook group um yeah. but yeah that was yeah thank you olivia that was a that was a good one that was always, always fun you. to talk bulking and cutting. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and as always, if this is your first time to the podcast, welcome. Please go over to Facebook and join our Facebook community. Just search Not Another Fitness Podcast. Um, I'd, if you've still got this far, thank you very much. Um, I would like you to just send out, I, I would like to send out just a plea. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share it on your socials. If you're listening on your any podcast provider and it gives you the opportunity to give us a little like or a rating please give, give us a rating and if you can spare yourself two minutes while you're having your tea or your dinner or your lunch or whatever you call it from whatever part of the country you're in just write us a little review um because it does help our podcast get out to uh, other people um and the numbers are going up mate we're getting some more listeners which is awesome so yeah growing like a weed <laughs> <laughs> great thanks mate <laughs> Um, not heard that expression before growing like a weed right mate that was fun pleasure as always Um, any questions stick them in the Facebook group until next week take it easy bye 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 thank you for listening to the not another fitness podcast if you'd like to join our ever growing community please log on to Facebook and request to join the not another fitness podcast group We really do appreciate all the feedback that you take the time to send myself and Andy and you'll find our contact details in the Facebook group. If you want to inquire with either of us about working with us directly, send us a little email. If you have time to rate and review the podcast on Apple Podcasts, scroll down to the bottom, give us a five-star rating and jot down your thoughts in a little review. If you're listening via any other podcast provider, please just share it to your socials as it really does help get our little podcast out to more people. 